I know this sounds bizarre. I know it does. But what if I was to tell you this is Joe Biden's most salient moment? That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. What if I told you that's actually Joe Biden's most lucid moment? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And it is, in fact, times such as these that require us to, well, you're making a decision. Everybody is. You can do it actively, you can do it passively, but you're making a decision. What side of the spiritual equation do you want to be on? And what side of the uh, human equation, the uh, temporal equation, then how does that equate now, I, I don't want to steal people's thoughts. I, I can't stand thought thieves. Actually, what I was talking about with Biden there being his most lucid moments. It, that, and by the way, that's just a twin tragedy. Because we could go forever talking about what if Trump and of course, when the president said mean things, President Trump, and you know how that all ended. But I don't want to steal this thought because it's a really, really, really solid observation about this moment, of course, the other day. The press is exiting. You see Peter Ducey there. Got himself his stupid woke mask he's forced to wear. Sorry about the language here. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Peter Ducey told Sean Hannity on Hannity's TV show that the president or the the figurehead, I should say, called him and didn't exactly apologize, but apparently they cleared the air. John Hinderacker at Powerline Blog makes the most, most beautiful observation about this. And that is that that was Joe Biden's most lucid moment, maybe in the White House. Because what you see there, and this is this is the tragic part of this, right? Hinderacker is of the opinion that Biden knew the mic was hot, that he was sitting in front of it, that he he said that on purpose. Now, I don't know that because, uh, you know, Joe Biden is very, very rarely completely lucid. But here's what I do observe is the 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 mental muscle memory that exists within Biden is that of a politician. Everything else is gone. His instincts as a politician are there and his mean character. Uh, and he's, he strikes me as a very mean man. And I think you have to be mean to have had the career he's had and to grift the way he's grifted his entire life to the tune of, oh, how much? Did you see Levin's show with Peter Schweitzer? We'll get to that. Guess how much money the Biden family soaked up and Biden himself, according to Schweitzer, from Chinese Communist Party collected people, including a dude whose job was to recruit assets for the Chinese Communist Party. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that. But it was it's Biden's political instincts that are still um, still somewhat lucid. He knows the inflation is is a bad political thing. He doesn't understand, and he can't. Because he has in, in, encased himself in a business model where if you want more money, you take more money. And if you need more money from the people who are bribing, you just go back and say, hey, cost one up. I need more money. So he doesn't live in a free market system and hasn't for his entire adult life lived in anything like a free market system. Nor does this kid Hunter who lives in a bribe based system and bribes are, are distinctly um, non biblical. Well, they're not non-biblical. They're described in the Bible, but they're anti. They're anti-Bible. Now, this is just us, right? This is us, podcast host and 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 listener family. But where I really get disturbed in all this is I think about our troops, and I think about if if this is the first time in my life that I can say I am completely unsettled with the notion of our troops having to go to war. And I don't think that what's lining up to be probably a war in uh, Ukraine with Russia is probably going to try to annex Ukraine because they already took part of it. Um, This is the first time I can say that I am distinctly afraid of our troops being sent into battle, not because they can't do what they do. I clearly Anybody who knows this show or the radio show prior to it, you know, I, I can't talk about these guys without crying. I just, I think they're just so utterly heroic. Um, but I have no idea who is actually running things. I, I literally no no clue. I don't know. Now, I have suppositions. We, <laughs> you've had Barack Obama say, uh, if, if, if I could just uh, uh, operate behind the scenes and, and have, have a, a sort of a figurehead, uh, you know, out uh, I, I, I front, I, I, I'd jump at that chance. He said it. I, I guess I could pull the audio, although YouTube continues to disappear it, but I have to make that one of the permanent copies I keep. It's not Cammy Harris. Cammy Harris is running nothing but poll numbers, internal poll numbers, trying to figure out how to turn it all around. They tried putting her back out front. That utterly failed. So <laughs> they put her back into the uh, the hiding room. But if I were in the field, if I were to be deployed, I might want to know, wait, who is the commander in chief? Because it's simply not possible that it's Biden. And more important to all of this is, is if it's not, Biden and it's not and it's not Cammy Harris and it's not who is it and more to the point are the people who are going to now perhaps decide that the United States needs to go get involved in a war are they a beholden to the Chinese Communist Party and b which is really the most important point are they godly people because there have been instances throughout biblical history where the Lord's did say, hey, this is a just war and you get to fight this war and I'm going to help you. Joshua 6, 2 through 17 tells that amazing story, which I will paraphrase. And that was when Joshua was to be given Jericho. This great military leader was told, hey, get your folks and have them circle around 
um, uh, get, get a bunch of trumpets and, and ram's horns. And uh, seven days, I want you to circle the city of Jericho. Don't attack it. Don't don't make military plans. Just circle around, make a lot of noise, and then the walls will fall down and you go seize the city. And that's what the that's uh, utterly you know completely paraphrasing what the Lord said. And I just think of Jericho going, "What? I'm a I'm a general." And God's saying, yeah, 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 general. Yeah, I'm God. So just do this. And of course, the the walls fell and they took the city. Again, paraphrasing Exodus 17, 10 through 12, uh, Moses, uh, during a um, a battle uh, with the um, Amalekites. I have trouble with biblical words. Amalekites. As long as he kept his hand up in the air, kept his arm up. And kept kept saluting that way, like saluting the Lord's power. <laughs> his people were winning. When he lowered his arms, they started to lose. Because God said, keep your arms up. And I'm going to help you in this. And these are historical references in the Bible that God does sometimes say it's time to go to war. And if it's a just war, I'm going to be with you in this. You can't have a just war in a godly sense if you don't have godly people running the war effort. And the key to me is to figure out who's actually running this. Now, the instincts of Biden politically is why I'm afraid of this. Because we have had a history of political wars. And we, we just saw one. I know that President Trump made the decision to pull the troops out of Afghanistan. I wish he wouldn't have stated a timeline. And a lot of people wish he wouldn't have stated a timeline. But Biden wasn't under any legal or moral obligation to keep that timeline. So he took that handoff. And then even having kept the timeline, let's say that he was legally bound to keep the timeline. He was not legally bound to give up Bagram Air Force Base and rely on only one Air Force Base to get people or not even Air Force Base airport to get people out. He didn't have to give up a secure location for an insecure. He didn't have to take 200,000, 250,000 refugees rather than concentrating on just getting the Americans out and the people who helped the Americans. And just a reminder, there's still folks trapped there. He didn't have to do any of those things. He didn't have to leave the equipment behind. He didn't have to give that equipment to the Taliban, which is how I view it and a lot of other people view it. Political decisions he made. He didn't want to have a TV image or a video image of fights going on there. So he left it that way, which has left a bunch of our troops very depressed and hurt and and angry that they gave their brothers and sisters gave their lives for this effort to only leave in that in that way. So the political instincts of Biden bother me, but it's more this that the man is very, very clearly aware of the fact that even his his figureheadism is at risk. So I think he's willing to do anything to keep the figureheadism. And remember this, when he goes around calling people SOBs, like he did with Ducey, he made a promise. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. <laughs> So that apparently means he's going to be resigning, right? No, he's not going to be resigning. He doesn't resign. Why would he resign? He's Joe Biden. He's Joe Superman Biden. He's not going to resign. Nor is he going to fire anybody for abusing a member of the press. And Ducey's big boy. He can take this. It's not, it's not about Peter Ducey. It is about this. As you start to consider... Where we're at geopolitically, and you start to think about 
a mix of two effects on the waning intelligence of Joe Biden. And the only portion of his brain is I'm trying to make clear that I think is still lucid are political instincts. When you take polls and you have Chuck Todd actually admitting that Biden is facing right now what Chuck Todd chooses to call a shellacking. But our, MB, our new NBC News poll suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity a bit. He's no longer seen as competent and effective. He's no longer seen as a good commander in chief or perhaps most damaging as easygoing and likable. In fact, just 5% of adults say Mr. Biden has performed better than expected as president. One of the many lowest firsts and fewests in our poll. And as we kick off our Meet the Midterms coverage heading into November, the NBC News Political Unit developed what we're calling a midterm meter. It's based on previous election cycles. It's basically three poll numbers you need to know best. I'm going to start with the perhaps the most important number to understand uh, the direction of the midterms. It's job approval here. The president's job approval rating sitting at 43 percent. If you look at history, history shows that kind of presidential approval rating leads to a shellacking for the party in power. So Chuck Todd's admitting that. And with that in place and now the specter of Russia attacking Ukraine and Joe Biden's only functional intelligence being political calculations, which is the psychological uh, is sort of psychological muscle memory. I don't really think he thinks about this stuff anymore. I just think it's so instinctual to him. It's like, you know, on a positive sense, it's like um, I've talked about, well, I've, I've, I've told you about you know, seeing a great wrestling coach, legendary wrestling coach, sort of come back to life when he steps on the mat. I saw a documentary about a guy who had been a composer and a concert pianist, and he had entered into a level of decline mentally and physically until he sat behind the piano. And it was just remarkable. You would, you would see, I mean, you would see his, his posture change where he had trouble manipulating um, silverware to feed himself at a dinner table. When he sat down at the piano, all of a sudden the fingers were felt and, and they moved with this, this great elasticity and rhythm. And, and, and I don't know that he was aware of it. It's just simply that was so what he was that he could sit down and play utterly beautifully. And I'm not saying that Biden's a beautiful politician. He's not. Politics have become just disgusting. And so that's the part of him that exists. But you take those polls, you take his his absolute requirement that he stay in that position to protect his kid. And let's remember this, Hunter. Let's remember this. Do you remember the chatter about how Trump would do anything to keep power? so that he could keep his kids out of federal prison. Remember that? Now, that's not come to pass. They're still trying. The so-called January 6th committee is really a Trump's kid committee. It's really an insurance policy against President Trump running again. That's what it is. It's a, we'll, we'll find a way to jail you. We'll find a way to imprison you. We'll find a way to go after everybody who's ever met you. In the case of Biden, we actually know that this man has these deep, deep conflicts given his son's deep ownership by non-American people. Well, I shouldn't say non-American people, but, but non-American foreign sources who don't mean us well. Peter Schweitzer has detailed this in, in great detail. Well, detailing in great detail. Nice, nice phraseology, Herman. Schweitzer was on with Mark Levin. 
And they were talking about Schweitzer's new book that is once again delving into the corruption of the Biden family. He does contend that the Biden family is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. I think there's no question, Mark. Uh, And look, uh, we spent more than a year investigating red handed. uh, And one of the most startling things we uncovered is the simple fact that the Biden family, while he was vice president of the United States and continuing when he became president, uh, received some thirty one million dollars from Chinese uh, individuals who are linked to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. Um, that might not be good news for the country. I'm, it's possible that you don't want that. But, but, but how linked? I mean, look, everybody in China is linked in, somehow, in some way to the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, you have the people who are in prison. The, the, you could see the Uyghurs are linked to the Chinese Communist Party. They're being killed by the Chinese Communist Party and having their hair harvested. Business owners, you don't get to own a business in China if you're not linked to the Chinese Communist Party. But what does he really mean here in terms of being truly linked with the Chinese Communist Party? Again, this is from Mark Levin's TV show. Uh, one is a guy named Che Feng. Uh, Hunter Biden in the Hunter Biden emails refers to him as the super chairman. That's kind of his nickname for him. Uh, And he says in one email, I don't believe in the lottery anymore, but I believe in the super chairman. Now, who is Che Feng? He's kind of this sketchy uh, Chinese uh, businessman. His business partner at the time that he was striking deals with Hunter Biden, his business partner was the vice minister at the Ministry for State Security. Um, he was in charge of, among other things, recruiting foreign nationals to spy for China. He was ahead of something called the Number Eight Bureau. Um, it doesn't get any higher than that. It doesn't. So you're talking about a combination of $31 million, and you're talking about a senior spy hunter. I'm not spy hunter, but spy recruiter for the Chinese Communist Party. And you're talking about our troops now being, we're told, under the command of that man. The number one question in regards to any foreign policy right now in the United States, up to and including this, God forbid, a war with Russia, and God forbid a war with Russia, is actually, let's talk about the chain of command. Because as I look at the chain of command, And I look at our constant reference to the party, pharma, media, tech, academia, and the deep state. I'm haunted by some things about our current leadership, particularly something, and I should have pulled the sound on this. And I think I, I think I, I thought I did. I know I listened to this and thought this, this, the extended sound of this is worse. Um, It's General Miley. And what he said, in fact, let me, I will, you know what I'll do? I will pull that sound. I'll see if I can pull that sound as I actually speak. Now, it can't be done. No, I I can't do that. They'd be jipping everybody in the podcast. But do you remember the full extent of what Miley said when he was defending critical race theory and defending, um, defending white or looking into white rage? Do you remember the full context of that? Because the full context of that is even more disturbing as I think about our troops in the field. And they have to be wondering who's actually running things. This is an old style radio transition. Ready for this? 
No question about who's running things at Bulwark Capital. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't say it. No, it's too inside. I'd be giving something away, plus it'd be self-referential. So you do know my friend, Zach Abraham, she's from Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Know this, you know there's people who swing in the winds and they'll put out a commercial one day that's, you know, it's going to be, they're doing finance. It's going to be, it's going to be, um, because it's in the news cycle, it's going to be inflation. Next, it's going to be deflation or it's going to be this or that. It's been six years since Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer at Bulwark Capital Management, has been talking with people about inflation and how that affects bonds. Because forever, I always thought the same thing, that you have this 60-40 mix. You put bonds in as this, which you would think of, and what we used to think of as the safe portion of your portfolio. Zach's of the opinion that you might be taking a serious risk with your retirement with that structure. So he's been saying this for six years, and his point is that, that you still have 0% interest rates. You, you still have money printing, and he's talked about that on the program. The, it's, not, it's beyond money printing. You know, I've, I've referred to it as money conjuring. That's my word. And he says that because of these dynamics, that inflation will very likely rise. And Zach will tell you, in his opinion, and he looks at inflation rising, bonds get crushed. Therefore, how safe are they? Now, if you have an unsafe thing in your, you know, your home, but you have to have it, like an unsafe heater, you replace the heater, right? You bring in a new heater that's safe. Likewise with bonds. And Zach at Bulwark Capital Management will show you how to do this. They'll show you Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, and they'll teach you how to do it in a free booklet. Okay, it's called Common Sense Investing. This is how to replace bonds in your portfolio with things that, that might be better in this particular climate, and it's a free, free education. So just call, get your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The number one question that should face right now reporters and well, by extension, then the people who run Joe Biden is who is running foreign policy? Who is going to run the war effort? Who will actually be responsible if God forbid we end up going to war, being told to go to war uh, with Russia, which I do think is a possibility. Because if I think about general white rage, And I think about his extended statement as he was busily defending critical race theory and defending the the silly, ridiculous, non-existence dynamic called white rage doesn't exist. If it and look, here's a simple look. If someone challenges you, just do this. Just look up and say, okay, tell me about black rage. Then you want to see people flee a room. Go give a presentation somewhere and say, hi, welcome to the uh, presentation. Uh, my name is uh, Todd Herman. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the rage of the, the black race. And and the, the ra- where are you going? Where- no, no, it's just we're going to talk about the, the rage problem and the black race. It's, oh, no, wait, sorry. I meant white rage, white rage. Oh, welcome back. It's, it's, it's a simple test. It doesn't exist. White people have no rage gene. But Miley, and this is the biggest concern, Miley's a politician. 
The, the sole reason you would get on the side of critical race theory is because you understand where the political winds are at. Or worse, worse, Miley's a good party member. And look at this. I have found the sound so I can actually play it for you. The extended version of Miley talking about critical race theory and white rage. On the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, okay, let me stop this. I can never get through this full clip. If, as he's saying here, he needs to get smarter about the theory, how on earth are you talking about a theory you've not read? How, how do you know you need to get smarter about it until you've at least read a little bit about it? This is so bothersome. On the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. It is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding? having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. Uh, it's, oh, my goodness. Oh, this is getting worse for me. This is getting worse for me as I consider our troops being under this guy's command. Let's go backwards through this. And I know that's an old clip, but what we're talking about now is there is a run-up and there are people who are beating the drums and they want a war with Russia for various reasons. None of them to do with, well, I, I don't know their hearts. I, I don't want to slander. I don't want to slander and I don't want to gossip. I just can't imagine the, <laughs> with as stretched as our military has become, we're firing special forces members because they will not take the useless mRNA injections. Speaking of that, oh, next hour, you'll hear. You'll hear. I'm just going to continue to prosecute the case against Fauci and Gates and and the CEOs of Pharma. I'm going to continue to prosecute it all week. But the 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 testimony that's gone on in Ron Johnson's committee it should be earth shattering. Right? Refocus, Herman. Refocus. Refocus. Backwards through Miley's clip. If you have read Mao Zedong, and you have read Lenin, and you've read the Communist Manifesto, you have read critical race theory. If you have read these things and you actually consumed them, you can't possibly be of the opinion that white rage is anything other than critical theory. Just washed down upon one race of people. If you have read those and studied those, then you already understand what white rage, what white rage is. It's it's the uh, it's the Jewish menace. It's the it's the it's the mud people are dragging us down. 
It's the um, Native Americans, or what would they, they call them at the time? The savages. Are, are, they're, they're not really human. It's, it's the full manifestation of this. And how you can read Mao Zedong and not recognize the fact, General Miley, that you stood still and silent as Mao's phases of insurrection were carried out on the streets of the United States of America. Mao talked about the phases of insurrection. You want to know what the the, the top psychological phrase is? You want to know what his tactical goal is? Well, not is anymore because he's with Satan. Oh, do you think Mao said, well, maybe he had a last second conversion, although I doubt it because the Lord said, I don't know you. You know what his goal was psychologically within a nation? I'm talking about numbers. You speak of political instincts and Biden's lizard brain still exists, this, this political knowledge. Do you know what Mao Zedong's actual number goal was, if you want to speak in terms of polling? Because he had one. And what his theory was, and it's been proven true, unfortunately, what Mao Zedong's theory was, Miley should understand this. If this is the guy who's going to lead us, or is it going to be General Raytheon? I, I, I've never been more concerned about our troops. So we got the email back. Woo! Thank you to Dave and Julie and the team, the extended team. We had some help from without some friends who've made uh, great money as digital marketers stepped in to help us with this. And Julie and Dave worked all night. So once again, you can go back to the Todd Herman Show page and by coming in and sending us an email or simply registering at the ToddHermanShow.com, you'll get emails from us. And this is a great chance for us to show the people at MailChimp and and forgetting the name of the other entity that decided to cancel us, uh, campaign manager. Um, they're the ones who decided to cancel us because they pretend to be email service providers when in point of fact, they're just publishers. They're just, they're just cancelers. That's what they are. Get signed up for the email. This is from a company that has made it very, very clear. They're not interested in our political views. They don't care about our political views. As long as we're not out raising money for terrorists or breaking the law, they're not going to go in and jump on us and cancel us. So you can go to the ToddHermanShow.com for that. So back through Miley's statement here. You get to this, he says he's read Mao. Okay, but did you take anything away from it? Did you learn anything? I, I have no doubt that he learned the military tactics of Mao. He's a military man. He got, he got to be general for some reason. I'm sure it's not all political, but he's become a political beast. It's just, it's just evident. The phases of insurrections, Mao's phases of insurrection starts with the psychological insurrection. And he wants to reach a number. He wants 30% of a people within a country to believe that the country is inexorably broken, cannot be saved, and is a savage place that's abusing people. That's the goal. Because it was Mao's observation and belief that once you got to that point where 30% of the people believe the country in which they live is inexorably evil or bad irreplaceably or uh, irrevocably broken, it's over. The country is over. It's going to be overthrown or it's going to be changed in a revolutionary sense. May keep the name because remember, it's always been China. It may keep the name, but the whole structure of it's going to change. 
The fact that Miley says, I've read Mao, I've read Lenin, I've read the Soviet papers, I've read this, and that doesn't make me a communist. If you've read it and you didn't take away from that what Mao did prior to turning China into the killing machine it became and still is, then you didn't take anything away from this. Now, if you've listened to the program for some time, you know that I have a belief that there are two elements in people who are bosses when combined create the just nightmare scenario. Here are the elements. Ignorance plus arrogance. You combine ignorance and arrogance and you end up with poison. So as I'm reading that Biden is considering deploying several thousand U.S. troops as well as warship and aircraft to NATO allies in the ballistics, uh, in, the, in the Baltics and the Eastern European countries, when I hear that that man is considering deploying our people to serve under NATO in a coming war between Russia and Ukraine, I can listen to people saying, Herman, this is about access to oil. This is about access to very important strategic locations. The world is a land game and Russia's playing hard in the land game. I'll listen to people in the military who tell me this. I'll listen to people who are government, actual government leaders tell me this. I'm happy to have that debate and that discussion. But that discussion cannot occur in a vacuum. And number one thing in that discussion is what have we done to our troops already? What did we just show them in Afghanistan? What have we shown our partners? What have we shown our partners, um, the Kurds? What have we shown our partners in Afghanistan? When it gets tough, we're out. You think we can go develop big partnerships, important partnerships? We just showed them. We'll leave you swinging. We've just shown our troops. Biden will turn on a dime and give up tactically important, strategically important things like entire Air Force bases if it befits his political instincts. So you can't operate this in a vacuum. How many special forces troops have been told they can't be deployed because they will not get themselves injected with the medically useless, dangerous mRNA injections? Oh, next hour. Guys. The news around the COVID in mass injection countries. Alex Berenson has now come out and said that the mass injections must stop now. Why? Talk about it next hour, but it's really it's it's really amazing that if the hearings in D.C. are this bad, wait until the next round. Because we're going to be talking about the results of what Berenson is observing now. So how many of our troops can't serve? That's not the only vacuum. The rest of the vacuum is this. Not just who's running it. Who's benefiting from it? I need to understand who's benefiting from this war. Again, I'm open to the discussion that these are strategic assets. Putin is trying to corner the world's supply of oil while China is trying to corner the, the world's supply of everything else, including fresh water and, and, and sand to make silicon and including the entire entire area around which um, you know, they operate within the sphere. I'm open to these discussions. But not in the vacuum of this. What does China want? Now, if you're thinking in multi-layer, like they used to talk about multi-layer chess, if you're thinking three-level chess, what does China want? Well, China's partnered with Russia. Are they? 
Does the Chinese Communist Party actually want to have a competitor to be boss of the world? Because let's not forget, the fact is that there was a time when Hitler and the Soviet Union were in concert, or Russia, yeah, Soviet Union, were in concert, where Stalin and Hitler were buddies. There was a time where that was the case. And then Hitler made the calculation that, hey, I want Russia. I don't want a partner. I want people to be subservient to me. And I and what did you have? Ignorance and arrogance. Hitler was ignorant and he was arrogant. He was the ultimate arrogance. He was, he was of course, beyond narcissistic. I am not comparing Joe Biden to Hitler or to Stalin. I am not comparing General Miley to either of those people. I am taking the dynamic of ignorance plus arrogance and putting it into a war circumstance when the pressure on Biden's one functioning intelligence, which is his political instinct, is at play. That's what's, that's what's giving me nightmares. And so to the press... Without demanding that they disclose battle plans, strategic elements, we need to know who's the command structure. If this is going to happen, show us the command structure, show us the team. And frankly, and I hate to say it this way, we need to have everybody's financial cards on the table. I need to understand who's still getting, who's still vesting stock from Raytheon. I need to understand that dynamic. We should all want to understand that dynamic. For all the talk about financial entanglements with the Trump administration, are we not going to have these talks here? And lastly, we cannot continue to have a foreign policy influenced by the Chinese Communist Party ownership over the Biden family. How on earth they are not right now brought to the table by Republican leadership eludes me. This is a very simple thing. If the January 6th committee and they have invented for themselves the right to without letting people go through the court process to seize people's financial records because they were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. If that's the case, then the legitimate cases in an investigation of U.S. foreign policy in an attempt to create policy around engagements worldwide, then we have to have Hunter Biden in front of the Senate. He can say no. And then they need to go through the same form of investigation that they would with any other contact in this, including how many contacts of the Chinese Communist Party, as Peter Schweitzer described, are still at play within the Biden administration? Because what they described is as disturbing as anything could possibly be. Uh, one is a guy named Che Fang. Uh, Hunter Biden in the Hunter Biden emails refers to him as the super chairman. That's kind of his nickname for him. Uh, and he says in one email, I don't believe in the lottery anymore, but I believe in the super chairman. Now, who is Che Fang? He's kind of this sketchy uh, Chinese uh, businessman. His business partner at the time that he was striking deals with Hunter Biden, his business partner was the vice minister at the Ministry for State Security. Um, he was in charge of, among other things, recruiting foreign nationals to spy for China. He was ahead of something called the Number 8 Bureau. Um, it doesn't get any higher than that. It doesn't. That information 
cannot be kept out of any decision we make to engage in any form of foreign entanglement. And if we're not going to see this, then I'm questioning the sincerity of the press beginning to question Biden. Because if we're talking troops and we're talking American troops' deaths, a decision can only be made when all the financial cards are on the table, as I see it in this environment. Hey, thank you for rating the podcast. We were just looking. We had a meeting uh, yesterday. The ratings you guys are doing on the podcast platforms is huge. The, um, the comments you're leaving are huge. The sharing, we're seeing some really fantastic growth, and that is all due to you. So the sharing of the show through emails, that's huge. You're taking your favorite episode. Uh, does it, do we say episode? I think we do. Yeah, episode. If you take our favorite episode and share that with your friends, that's a super potent way to share because then you get a sample along with your opinion about it. So I just want to thank you for that. And speaking of all of this and all of what's gone on in the what? what are we now? Episode, gosh, we're coming up on episode 43 that the time has just flown on this. I want to go back in time just a little bit on sort of a personal note. When I made the decision uh, to take this show and make it an independent entity, it it was a really difficult decision. And I'll just say flat out that, that I was paid really well at, at Bonneville in Seattle. Uh, We'd grown the show to a point where we were market dominant Um, in our category in mornings and well aware of the fact that I stand on the shoulders of giants, like guys who taught me this business, like the the great John Carlson is reason I got back into radio. And of course, Rush Limbaugh, God rest him. We know all that. There was also the comfort, you know, we were talking about a long extension and I am so very grateful that, that, that Bonneville would even consider me for such a thing for a long extension And it was very difficult. And as I left and had the last interview, and I I do want to bring him back on on this podcast with with Jason Rance, it occurred to me how much I had taken to care about Jason. You know, you work closely with somebody, even though, you know, we're on the show like once a week together, you build something together. And, And so there was that emotional component as well in leaving. Then... There was the starting over. And I've never done this before. I've done plenty of startups. I mean, the closest thing I've done to this was helping a company spin a technology and a team out of Microsoft into a private entity. And I don't know if I'm glad or not that I wasn't picked to be CEO of that. I don't know how my life would have been different. I think it would have been significantly different. But starting something and changing it. That's been the biggest adventure in all this. There were 2,500 of you, and, and it's, it's far surpassed that now, but there were initially 2,500 of you who immediately joined this podcast. I, I can't begin to express my thanks for that. Um, very quickly, it became multiples and multiples of that, and I am equally thankful for every single person who's joined But here's, to me, the biggest difference of all this. I have never been more relaxed in a startup. And just to be equally candid with you all, it's not like I'm not spending money on this. We're we're 
I am at a point of spending a, a significant amount of money to make this happen. And it's God's money. And this is why I'm relaxed. It's because I firmly believe that if you are seeking to build the kingdom and you're seeking to do that in wise use of God's resources, that he is going to be with you. This week, we received some news that there are a number of big distribution partners who would like to get involved with this program. And I'm not going to speak beyond that or to detail who they are, just other than to tell you they're very big and they're very good at what they do. They're the best at what they do. And I know some of the executives there and they're very good people. It's that that has me concerned. Not not that they're good people. That's great. I don't believe I've asked you for a specific prayer, but I'm going to request one now. Is that okay? Would you please pray for me that I not fall into temptation about fame? I honestly don't want it. Or earthly fortune, please. I want to get paid for this. I have no problem making a good amount of money. I want to stick to my promise to tithe 10% of revenues, not profits, revenues. I want to stick to my promise to put 10% of revenues, not profits, but revenues into growth because it's God's money. I'm relaxed about the effort. I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. The only time I feel a sense of nervousness is when I start to feel a sense of excitement about the big boys and girls coming to partner with us. Because as much as it's possible, I would like this to continue to be, I was going to say, our thing that sounds like mafioso. What's that? What do they call it? I can't remember. Is it like our special thing? I don't want that. Well, let's just, let's just call it the body. Build the body of Christ. So thank you for that. I would appreciate the prayers. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please do go be well. Be strong, and as I'm endeavoring to do this morning, continue to be right with God.